believe is great? Would you give him great praise? Would you give him high praise? Give him your best praise. Give him a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a sacrifice of praise. Real praise. That comes from deep within your spirit. All the way to the back row. I want you to praise him with everything in you. I want you to think about how great he is and how good he has been to you in your life. Yeah. Come on, it changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. Hallelujah. you Lord hallelujah clap your hands one more time and put your voice with it and brag on him just a minute brag on him Lord you're the great God you're the only God we praise you Lord for your greatness and your power and your eternal wisdom we worship you we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand to your feet for two verses of Scripture. And let me say, if, if you were not here this morning, I'm asking you to please go back and watch the YouTube video from this morning. If you've not subscribed to our YouTube channel, I don't care if you ever watch YouTube. I want you to go to our Greater Faith channel on YouTube and subscribe and as they say hit subscribe and smash the like button okay go down through and smash oh yeah I've been on YouTube before before we start our conversation here please hit subscribe and smash the YouTube, smash the like button so please do that if you're watching anybody that watches any of our videos please hit subscribe and smash the like button if you would do that and if you're a part of this church please you know even if you don't pay your tithes Hit subscribe and smash the like button on your way to a devil's hell. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? That was in my head. I didn't realize it came out my mouth. I, it really, I'm not lying. I am lying. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. I knew it came out of my mouth. Praise God. <laughs> Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. Verses 3 and 4. Now therefore go to. Proclaim in the ears of the people. This is Gideon. The Lord is talking to Gideon. Saying. Whosoever is fearful and afraid. Now, I'm not preaching what you think I'm preaching. Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 20 and 2,000. And there remained, everybody say, 10,000. 10,000. That's significant. 22,000 went home and 10,000 remained. 
And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are yet too many. Now he's fixing to tie that number 10,000 to what he's going to do with them. He said, bring them down unto the water and I will try them for thee there. Everybody say, try them. Say 10,000. I will try them for thee there. Amen. I want to uh, talk to you for a, a little while here tonight, if I can get this mic to behave, and tell you you're being tried and you're being tested. Look at your neighbor and say, You're being tested. You're being tested. Now, if you're being tested, there is a reason that you're being tested. There's a reason for it. It's not, it's, you're not being tested for nothing. Just to see how far you can be pushed until you break. Actually, you kind of are, but there's a reason for it. He is ready for your will to break. But you're being tested for a reason. Amen. Pray with me. Father, we, we love you. We thank you for your power that we feel in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing, God, that we feel, God, here surging in this tabernacle here tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God. I glorify you. I exalt you, Lord, in this place. I pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I pray, Lord God, that your anointing would baptize us in this sanctuary tonight. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm telling you, I feel this word tonight boiling in my spirit amen the word try in Judges 7 and 4 simply means to test and the meaning in this context is to test the men that were with Gideon to find out who was qualified for battle. Testing is a qualification process. Now, Jeremiah describes a process of smelting and refining. When he says the bellows are burned, the lead is consumed of the fire. The founder melteth in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the men, or the Lord, hath rejected them. Reprobate silver. 
is what he called the people of Israel that refused to be tested. The failure of refining the silver leads to the rejection of God. This process, smelting, and the result of refining are often considered together. Smelting, refining, perfecting. Smelting, refining, and perfecting. How long will it last? We don't have the answer to. How many times will it happen? We don't have the answer to. But we know as long as there is growth potential in a person's life, you will continue to be tested for a purpose. The Lord is working on you. And he is preparing you without being cliche here. It is biblical for a new anointing, for a new blessing, for a new level of ministry. For a greater level of spiritual authority to give you favor with God and with man. You're being tested. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 2, the scripture said, But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. Everybody say, I'm silver. Say, I'm gold. But I need to be purified. He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi. The sons of Levi, the ministry, the priesthood. And purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Now, I talked about this this morning, about the offering and the responsibility of the righteous and the principle of first, the firstborn, the firstfruits, and the responsibility of the righteous is to elevate God in his rightful place. He can't be second. He is preeminent. It's not in his character nor his lack of ability to be second or third or fifth or tenth. He is always first. And so the Lord purifies the people of God. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. That you should show forth the praises of him who have brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And the way you do that is you come out of his tabernacle. You come out of his presence. You come out of your tragedy. You walk up out of your valley. You come through the valley of the shadow of death. Not weak and anemic and dilapidated. Unable to move. Crippled and wounded to the point that you can't hardly even smile anymore. No, you come walking out of those places as pure gold, and silver. 
Amen. We have been called to offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Now, that word try, purify, purge, testing. It is the word to serap, and it has the following translations in the Septuagint. It means to burn. Everybody say to burn. And to make red hot. To gild. To overlay with gold. The KJV gives the following translations to refine, to try, to melt as a founder or a goldsmith. In the Revised Standard Version and the New American Standard Bible, the NIV, the verb to test is given instead of to try. The trial of your faith is more precious than gold, though it be tried in the fire. Now, there's only way, you've heard me say this before, and you've heard these men say it before, but there is only one way to have stronger faith, and that's for your faith to be tested, for it to be pushed to the limit. And the way it gets pushed to the limit is God allows you to step into situations where the only way out and the only way through and the only way over is for the Lord to bring you up, out, and over what you're in. I'm preaching to some people in this place tonight. You can get quiet all you want to. Now this, this word, this word is the Greek word iser. And it means accumulation. Accumulation. I'll tell you this in just a minute. Accumulation. That is the meaning of the number 10 in scripture. The number 10 in scripture is the number of law, but it is also the number of testing. Ten is the number of testing. It is the Hebrew word, Eser, and it means accumulation. It is akin to the word Osher, which means wealth. The only way to the riches of God's glory and power is through the process of testing. I guess I'm not preaching anybody here tonight. The only way to true wealth, and I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost, there's people in this building, I've been saying this for 20 years, there's people in this building that the Lord wants to trust with wealth, but he has to make sure that you have been, you have been pressurized and your metal has been tested and your faith has been tested and just about the time you think that you can't be tested or pushed anymore to the limit, here it comes again. And you wonder what in the world is going on. What are we doing wrong? It may not be that you're doing anything wrong. It is the preparation of God preparing you for the riches of his glory and preparing you for a new anointing and a place of wealth to be a blessing to his kingdom. You're being tried. And you're being tested. Clap your hands if you believe what I'm preaching here tonight. I feel something in this place. The Lord is not looking for the people with the highest IQ. He's not looking for the people with the most friends, with the most gifts, the most talented. But he is looking for the people with the most solid character. 
that can be humble in wealth instead of lifted up in wealth because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall and he loves you enough to push you to the limit over and over again till it feels like I'm going to preach here tonight till it feels like your nerves are about to snap and you're about to lose your mind because God is saying there's something in your future and if you saw what it was it would blow your mind the only thing you can see right now is the hell that's raging in your life and one trial and tribulation after another you're being tested for a purpose here tonight well somebody praise him somebody praise him somebody praise him I'm not preaching to the deadheads. I'm not preaching to the status quo. I'm not preaching to the mediocre here tonight. I'm not preaching to you if you're happy the way things are and you're dissatisfied and you don't want anything else. I'm preaching to people that understand that God's kingdom is marching on and you want to be a part of the greatest hour that the church has ever seen. His kingdom is on the rise and he needs people that have survived the testing. The number 10 is the number of testing. Job chapter 1 and verse 1, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons, I hate this mic, and three daughters. Everybody say 10. He was about to lose every one of them. Testing. Don't tell me you got problems until you lose 10 children. Testing. When Boaz was going to seal the deal with Ruth and he was going to redeem her inheritance, Boaz finalized the redemption contract in front of 10 elders. Testing. In Judges chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible said, Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them. That is, all in Israel who had not previously experienced war in Canaan. They had not previously experienced war in Canaan. Joshua had conquered They had been on their conquest. They had driven out. They had killed. They had taken cities. They had taken wells and vineyards. And at the end of Joshua's life, God said, I've left some some people here. Some people that the previous generation either would not or could not overcome. Because I am seeing a generation that's coming after Joshua that knows not God. The Bible said in the previous chapter, in Judges chapter 2, that that the children of Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And at the end of Joshua's life, and when all the elders of Israel were dead, there arose a generation that knew not God. And God said, I've left some nations for them. Because if they don't learn war, and they don't learn how to fight, 
They're going to think that this blessing and favor that's on the children of Israel is, is free and that it costs nobody anything. There's a generation that's coming. Well, I feel my help right now. There's a generation that's coming up that wasn't a part of a five-week prayer meeting. That wasn't a part of an 18-hour prayer meeting. They weren't a part of 40-day fast and 21-day fast. They don't know how what it took to get to this point. And God's not going to let a new generation come on and not have enemies to fight. He's going to teach you war. And the only way to know war is to have enemies in your life that only he can defeat. Come on, I'm preaching to a millennial. I'm preaching to Generation Z. And I'm telling you right now, there's some devils left around this place, in this city, that have yet to be destroyed. And it's incumbent upon you that you roll up your sleeves and fight and learn how to war. Yeah, come on, clap your hands. You're being tested. I'll come back to that in just a moment. We find in the scripture, everybody say 10 is the number of testing. In Gideon's, in Gideon's experience, 22,000 went home. He was left with 10,000. The Lord said, take them down to the river. I'm going to try them for you. He was left with 300. God doesn't really care what the number is. He cares what the character is. The character of 300 and the tenacity of 300, I wish I had some help right now, is much more powerful than a weak, disjointed, disunified, lack of faith, feckless 10,000. 300 is stronger than 10,000. When the testing came to Gideon, 9,700 of them walked away. Sometimes the best thing that can ever happen to a church is a sifting. Because God ain't going to have revival with spectators. He's going to have revival with people that can be tested. God got ready to deal with Pharaoh it was 10 plagues that he sent testing testing means separation from the clean and the unclean stop cursing the testing in your life God's trying to cut some things that are unclean out of you God's trying to cut some flesh out of you God's trying to cut some Egyptian culture out of you you say, well, I, I don't have none of that Egyptian culture. Yeah, you think God doesn't know what's there that's not supposed to be there? God knows how to cut it away. There were ten commandments given on the top of Mount Sinai. Now, when Jacob, or when, yeah, when Jacob got ready to leave his father-in-law Laban, he said, he told Rachel and Leah, he said, your brother... And I've had some conversations, and he said, the more I talk to him, he said, I get around your dad. And he said, his countenance is not the same toward me as it once was. It's time for us to go. And this is what he said. He said, he hath, he hath changed my wages these ten times. 
Laban kept cutting his wages. The longer he served and the longer he labored, they kept calling him in the office and said, we, we got to cut your pay. We got to cut your commission. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We, we, we got to cut some perks out of your life. What we do is we panic. But Jacob had already passed a few tests in his life. He had already gotten the birthright from Esau. He had already had his daddy's hand laid on him. He had already run for his life and survived it. He had already served 14 years for Rachel. He was tested. And he said, it doesn't matter to me that he cut my wages, but it's time for us to cut loose because now the testing is complete and it's time for God to bless us in our own homestead. Some of you don't realize why you don't have some of the things you thought you would have had by now. And you don't realize why everything seems to be going backward in your life. And the reason is, is because the timing of God, he's working on you. And he is proving you. And he is trying you. He's taking you down to the river to see how you drink the water. He's watching how you pray. He's watching how you act towards your neighbor. He's acting how you act around the workplace you are being tested for a purpose oh come on come on praise him I keep telling you that because I want your spirit to be leaping toward him ten is a number of testing and that's why he chose tithe have none here tonight. They're all watching it on live stream. I can't afford to pay my tithes. I said it this morning. Yeah, you're right. Because all you've got is cursed. Everything you've got is cursed. You're going in and coming out. It's cursed. Your money's cursed. Your marriage is cursed. Your kids are cursed. Your home is cursed. Your workplace is cursed. Your business is cursed. Everything's cursed. But when you pass the test of tithing, every time you pay it first, you're trusting him for the rest. I said it this morning. I'm going to take two minutes right here. No, no. How many bills do I have to do this week? Well, how, how much do I have? How much? I don't know. What about the car? How much is that going to cost? Well, I got to wait to see what the body shop's going to cost. I got to see what the mechanics are going to say. And I, I got to see how much my cell phone bill is. And all. No, no, no. When it hits your hand, 10% goes out of your hand. It's first. Because it's a test. It's a test. Every time you miss a tie payment, you fail the test. Don't be telling me how fair God's not. Oh, it's getting, he's supposed to get tight right here. It's not. We're supposed to have aisle running right here because all of you are tied payers. The prophet Mitchell was here years ago. He told the story about his wife, Sister Mitchell. Both of them are deceased now. She got hit by a car and was, it, it was tragic and they went through all this kind of stuff and it, it looked like she wasn't going to make it. 
He's standing there. I think he said it was in the hospital or whatever, wherever it was, in the waiting room or something. They come in and give him a, a bunch of bad news or whatever. And he just stopped. And he said, God, I'm a tither. Ended at that, they're not here anymore because they don't believe in tithes. God ain't gonna let non tithers stay for too long, He's not gonna let thieves set up household and homestead in His treasure house. You, you, you're not hearing me, you're not hearing me. Say, so You're gonna run them off? No, I'm not gonna run them off. It's a principle if you can't pass, pass the test of 10. You can't have any of God's rest. Yeah. God did a work and all that kind of stuff, and he told this story, but there were some people who got offended at that. So I don't understand. You telling me it all comes down to a dollar? No, you missed the whole point. You missed the whole point. No, no. What he was saying is, God, I put you first. My tithe is one of the indicators that I am putting you first. And I want, I, want to, I want to speak to some Abrams in this place tonight. And I want to tell you that you are not just called to be blessed. You know this. This is scripture. You are blessed to be a blessing. If you don't use the blessing to bless people and to bless the kingdom, then God blessing you is for nothing. Well, I want to be a millionaire. Why do you want to be a millionaire? Well, I want to be a billionaire. Why do you want to be a billionaire? Because if it's about the kingdom, all you got to do is survive the test. All you got to do is thrive in the test and let the Lord know I'm not going to break. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to give in. I am not going to relent. Praise God. Everybody say, I'm a tither. I'm a tither. It ain't about money. You're making it about money. It ain't about money. God couldn't care less about your 50 cents. Now, he, he left these nations in Israel, Judges chapter 3, for a generation that had not previously experienced war. Canaan. It was only that the generations of the Israelites might know and be taught war. The testing is training you for war. <laughs> I hope some people hear me tonight. That they might know and be taught war. At least those who previously knew nothing of it. It always cracks me up. Somebody walks in from the outside and they start telling us what we should be doing or should not be doing. I've had first-time guests through the year and they just come in. Just, have y'all ever thought about doing this? Y'all, how come y'all don't do this? And why don't y'all think about doing this? And why don't you do this? Why don't you sit down? You ain't been here the last 20 years. You ain't been through our hell. You don't know why we preach the way we preach. Well, other churches don't preach that way. We ain't other churches. And we're not trying to be other churches. We're trying to be the church. 
don't like the way y'all do it around here. Well, my God, there's plenty of other cemeteries you can go worship in around the city. Well, that's rude. Just because it's truth doesn't mean it's rude. Just because you don't like the truth, amen. You want to come in and spew your opinion to everything. My God, have mercy. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's, a, there's battles that have been fought here. There's wars that have been fought here. I don't care what they fought in, other, in another city. This is what we fought in our city. This is what God told us to do here at Greater Faith and at Hope and Louisville Central and at Jeff Campus. This is what, at, at Pastor Jose's campus, this is what the Lord told us to do. This is the spiritual DNA of this church. Amen. Tested. Tested. How do you know you got a right answer? Because we've been tested. And God has come along and said, you got to see that time. Go back and retake it. And we took the test until we got an A+. We might not have got 100 on every test, but we took them until we got an A+. You understand? We don't know everything, but we know what we do know. Praise God. That's enough of that. The remaining nations are the five lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, the Hivites, who dwell on Mount Lebanon with Mount Baal Hermon to the entrance of Haman. Watch. This is amplified. Watch this next verse. <laughs> they, oh, I love that graphic, were for the testing and proving of Israel. Keep it up there. You say, God, I'll do anything for you. And God says, prove it. Why do you want me to prove it? Hold on, let me back up just a little bit. Hast thou considered my servant? Fill your name in. I'll do anything for you, God. Oh, God, I'll do anything. Will you? God, I know you're going to make me a millionaire. I'll, I'll give it to the kingdom. And God's saying, prove it. Let's see if you can praise me now that I've taken it all away. Let's see if you can praise me when I cut your wages ten times. Some of y'all can't survive one pay cut. He said he's cut my God. I'm meddling in all kind of business tonight. Y'all going to love me anyway. Just reach out. Give me a big old hug. A group hug. I love you. Testing and proving of Israel to know whether Israel would listen and obey the commandments of the Lord. This is not a comic book. This is the word. Now watch this. In Genesis chapter 31 and verse 4. Oh, this is where he said it. He changed my wages these 10 times. I had the scripture and it was beautiful. I'm going to let you read it. But you can go read it. Genesis 31, 4 through 7. Go back and have fun. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 11. Watch this. You know this. My son. I love it when God speaks to you in a personal way. My son. My daughter. Despise not the chastening of Lord, neither be weary 
of his correction. Be honest. Be honest. Don't, don't put your halo down. How many have been weary lately? He said, don't be weary with his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Somebody right now. Anybody being tested right now? Anybody being tested right now? Raise your stand if you're being tested right now. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Man, I'm preaching a completely wrong message tonight. A house full of people that's being tested. Now here's what I want you to do. This is not the altar call. I just want you to do this, then you'll be seated. Say, Lord, Lord thank you, thank you for, loving me enough for loving me enough to cut things out of my life, life that are hindering you from doing what you've promised. Passover was on the 10th day of the first month. Things died during the test. Things are sacrificed during the test. Blood is shed during the test. There were 12 spies that went to spy out the land, but 10 of them came back. Said, too much for us. They failed test. Don't be the skeptic in the church. <laughs> Is that alright? The Feast of Tabernacles. The seventh and last feast of every Jewish year in the fall is ten days of repentance. Daniel's fast was 10 days. And when he got done with his fast, the Bible said that he appeared fairer and fatter than those that had partaken of the king's meat. Some of y'all need to quit competing with the world's diet. Quit worrying about what the world is eating. Where they're going, who they're hanging out with, what things seem to be happening in their life. They're on their way to a devil's hell. What God needs is for somebody to say, I'm not eating that kind of meat. I'm not, I'm not playing by those kind of rules. Those are Babylonian rules. Those are not God's rules. I walk to the beat of a different drum. Now, the Bible doesn't say that he was just fairer and fatter. It said that he was ten times fairer and fatter. Ten. There were ten generations between Adam and Noah. Noah was the tenth generation, and a flood came. A flood came. Separation. Death Despair, this ominous feeling. That's how you know you're near the very end of the test. When you feel like you just can't take it anymore. When God is trying to squeeze that last 
last drop of arrogance out of you. He's trying to squeeze that last little cup of carnality out of you. He's trying to get rid of that nasty attitude for the last time. What if things would just get better, I'd have a better attitude. Try getting a better attitude when things are falling apart at the seams. If I ain't preaching to you, I'll preach to myself tonight. Noah was the 10th generation from Adam. When it builds up to a certain point, there's a flood that comes. And everything that's not supposed to be in your life is washed away by the flood. There's some things, my God have mercy, that are beating on the door of the ark of your life saying, please, uh, let me back in. That old cigarette addiction, uh, that old drug addiction, uh, that old bad attitude, uh, that old sexual addiction, uh, trying to get back into your life. But God said, I've already shut the door and the flood has already come and the fountains of the deep have already it broken up. It's over now. Stay on the ark. Whoa. Stay on the ark. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of a statue, a vision of a statue that had ten toes. It represented the days that we're living in, the ten horned kingdom, the feet of mire and clay and iron. Ten toes. There were ten versions. Ten. Five of them failed the test. Five of them kept oil in their lamps. The difference between the saved and the unsaved. This is not those ten. There were ten versions. Not five versions and five prostitutes. They were ten Virgins. They were a part of the body. They were a part of the church. He's not talking to the world. And in the end of time, sadly, there's going to be a sect of people that cannot survive the testing. They cannot remain consistent in the testing. And they're not going to survive when the bridegroom comes. Because they're going to be looking for what they should have gained during the times of testing that the other five virgins managed to get in their lamps. Now watch this. You think God is calculating? There were ten lepers, but a tithe came back to him and worshipped him. The tithe returned to the Lord. Yeah. 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 Always returns to the Lord. And if you can't return it to the Lord, he'll cut you off and bring in somebody that can return it to the Lord. Yeah. Lepers, sinners, sinners, sifting, cutting away. Nine, ten were cleansed, but only one. That tide, there's something about that tide. My God, I feel some, somebody. I said it this morning, but when's the last time you prayed over your tithes? Sometimes you just need to bring your tithe and, you, and tell a God, I got it in my coat pocket. I'm on the house of the Lord right now. I've come to the house of the Lord with my tithe in my purse. I've got it in my hand. I've got it in my coat pocket. And I'm dancing tonight with my tithe. And I want you to know I'm giving you my first. And I'm giving you my best. I'm not going to be one of those 
of the nine ungrateful lepers that's been cleansed. I'm going to return to the Lord the praise that is due him. God have mercy. Ten times in, the, in Genesis chapter 1, the scripture said, God said. God said ten times. God said, God said, God said. Ten times. Ten is made up of four, the number of creation, and six, the number of man. Creation and man have to be tested. The earth and all that is therein has to be tried by fire. My God have mercy. If I could just get some of you to get a vision and an understanding of what it means for God to turn up the fire in your life. Human nature. You're not looking. I'm not Michael the archangel. I'm a human being. I got flesh just like you. I got a skeletal structure just like you. I've been through stuff just like you and some greater probably. You've got to understand we all, we all want to say what is wrong? What's going on? Why is God doing this? Why is this happening? What are we doing wrong? What, how long is this going to last? How many times do we have to go through this? I know nobody out there has ever said it, but I've said it. And the whole time God's saying, be careful. So I'm turning up the fire and I'm burning things out of you. And that stuff that's coming out of your mouth right now is an indicator of the stuff that I'm trying to squeeze out of you. A preacher can't preach what he, can't, what he hadn't experienced. I'm not up here giving you a, a, a collegiate lecture here tonight. I'm here to tell you I've been through it. And I'll go through it again. And I'll keep going through it. As long as I've got growth potential. But in all of this, I'm going to stand here and tell you, and some of you need to declare this tonight, I'm not a victim. I am his treasure. I'm potter's clay when he's working on me, but when he gets done, I'm silver and gold. He's refining me. My God, have mercy. I feel something in this place right now moving in the hearts of people. He's refining the silver. He's smelting it. He's, he's burning it. He's turning up the heat. My God, I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to some marriage right now. Whatever your marriage is going through, it's, it, let it melt you together, not divide you apart. I'm fixing to preach right now. I'm fixing to preach right now. I'm going to tell you why God's against divorce. Because it gives the pe each person a right to say, I won't try anymore. You were either in love enough or stupid enough to marry that person. You don't get to check out anytime you want to. Just because their curves don't look like they used to. Just because his paycheck ain't as big as it used to be. Just because he don't send you roses as much as you thought he should. I could say some stuff to the men too. But it'd be crude. You don't get to check out. When you get married at an altar. 
There's a smelting that goes on. There's a covenant that's established. What God hath put together, let no man put asunder. But man has said, hey, man, you get tired, just kick them to the curb. They ain't doing like you want to, just trade them in for a new model. You, all you're doing is trading them in for more problems that you can't handle because you ain't man enough or woman enough to handle it. The problem is not that they're not your Prince Charming. And it's not that she's not your princess. It's because of your will and your nasty attitude and your pride. You don't get to cut the strings anytime. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't even know anybody. I don't think anybody's on the verge of divorce. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's come out of some of your mouths. Whether you meant it or not, you be careful what you say during the testing process. That's my marriage seminar for 2022. Nobody has said anything to me. Nobody has, nobody, nobody, nobody. Nobody has mentioned divorce, none of all that. Okay, I'm not talking about horsing around, joking around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that dig their heels in the ground and say, I can't stand this person. Probably the reason you can't stand him Because they're too honest with you. And that's not the case in every situation. I don't like people that tell me the truth. Now there's something. There's something. That is happening to the people of God. Listen. If you hadn't heard anything I've said tonight. Hear this last part. And when I say last part. Don't get excited. Because I don't know how long that last chapter is. It won't be long. Said every preacher every week. There's a, there's a stirring that's happening. I told our staff Tuesday. Now you go, y'all going to want to vote me out. In this business meeting we have after church, somebody's going to raise their hand and say, excuse me, can we take a vote of confidence? We'd like a new pastor. When I say this, you're going to be ready to get rid of me. I told the staff. I said, I'm sick of church. I'm tired of it. And I meant it. I'm sick of church. I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. I'm tired of going through the mechanics of church over and over again. Come in, half an hour. We can't wait for the worship team to go to the side room. At three minutes till time, church times, because that means to start dialing it back instead of ramping it up. We come and we watch them sing. Some people can't even stand during the worship service because God doesn't deserve that. It's in Psalms 151. There's only 150 chapters in it. At the very least, we're not going to worship. 
at least tell him what your posture's saying. God, you've never done anything for me. I don't want to be here. I don't like this place. I'm coming because I have to. I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of church. I'm sick of it. I'm not sick of you. I love you. I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. I, I want something that we can't control and that we can. But I think the problem is, watch, Lord, have, y'all are in trouble tonight. Not because I'm mad, but because I just, I'm in this flow right now and I can't let it, it won't let me go. Listen, because I, I think the problem is we come in here and we're trying to worship, but we're like, how long do we pray for the same thing with no answer? With no miracle. How many times do we have to go through the same stuff? We get right here and then we can't, we can't cross over. Oh my God, if I hear River Falls one more time, I'm going to vomit the biscuits that I ate four days ago. I just can't. I can't. This is, this is what our praise is doing. We're exhausted. We're weary. We're fatigued. But we don't understand that in all of this COVID mess, the Lord's been turning up the heat. He's been turning up the heat. He's been turning up the fire. He's been trying the church. He's been testing the church. He's been weeding out the traditionalist. He's been weeding out those that are bound by religious tradition. And he's trying to get the froth to come to the top so he can sweep it off the top so he can see his reflection in the church, which is pure gold. He bought the field to buy the treasure. He sold himself. He went to a cross to buy the treasure in the field. He's put up with the rejection and the mockery of the whole world to get to the treasure. And to get that pearl perfected, it's got to go through a process. He's got the oyster's got to go through some trouble. That diamond is just a lump of coal until it's put under pressure. Some of y'all didn't look like much when Jesus pounded you, but all of a sudden there's some leaders that are rising to the top. That God is saying there's a diamond in the making right there. They're surviving the testing. The more I test them, the more they praise me. The more they, I test them, the more they give. The more I cut their wages, the more they up their giving. I've never seen anybody give like that. Million dollar mission, I'll give them a three million dollar mission. God is trying to find the diamond in the middle of the church. Amen. Come on. Just, this, is, this is not about money it's not about money it's not about money so just relax but I got to share this and then I'm closing just hang on with the music there there is something in this building tonight God have mercy I'm overwhelmed by it right now it's, it's, it's not a com- competition it's not a competition and some numbers I can't tell they're not public knowledge yet a friend of mine for a long time, Jim Blackshear in Alaska, he texted me yesterday and he said, I've heard a little bit about your CFC offering. Of course, last year he was 192000 in Alaska. Alaska, Yukon, 96. The church gave 196000 
And I said, well, I said, the people, can people just give? We're thankful for it. And I said, I know the offering won't be as big as yours, but it's not a competition, and I'm thankful. Keep leading the way. And he kept texting back. He started talking about faith. He said, we, we, we've got to get the church to believe that if they give, that the Lord will break something. That it will explode. Listen, he started sharing some things with me. Alaska has 25 churches. 25 churches. You know how big Alaska is? 25 churches. Indiana has almost 170. They lead the United Pentecostal Church by far in giving. And he told me, he said, some churches this year have blown my mind. I said, what can you share with me? One church, 25 to 30 people, has given 82000 this year. One church of 40 people has given 64000 this year. A village, that, that church of 40, I'm sorry, no, he said, he said one, one village church, if I can get it. He said one village church. Where is it at? Here it is. One village church. The village, not the church. The village has 390 people in it. The village has 390 people in it. The church has 25 people. They're given 65,000. One church of seven members, seven, is given 30,000. Something is stirring in the church. And there's some people out there that are sick of business as usual. And, we're, and they're sick of coming in here weighted down with the test, not realizing it's for a purpose. I will say this. As I've said it many times before, and these men have said it, and other men have said it, there is an apostolic revival coming to the hungry. In this building tonight are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers in this building tonight. Their ministry, there's ministry of helps. There are people in here that give astoundingly. I, I hadn't even shared this. I hadn't even shared this. With the church. I will share, I guess, some of these totals, but I may as well now. We have somebody in this building, and it's probably not who you think that has given $20,000 to Christmas for Christ this year. Not tithes and offering, Christmas for Christ. We have numerous people in this building that are given $10,000 to Christmas for Christ. It may not be the people that you think. Don't say, well, they, they got a lot of money. They, they can do that. It's, it's sacrifice. 8,000, 7,000, 6,000. What that tells me is there's some people that see beyond the walls of this church and they realize God has trusted me to put this number in my spirit to give. And he trusted some of you with faith promise. This is not about money. This goes right along with it. But I'm going to tell you something. God heard you 
and saw you when you wrote down that faith promise. So some of the stuff that has been happening to you lately that seems like the opposite of his provision is testing to see because it was a faith promise. Not a budget promise. Not a this is what I can afford promise. Listen, this not a this is not going to hurt promise. No. It was a faith promise. God said, I put that number in your spirit. And I need you to understand that I'm going to try some people. And there are some people that are going to unlock wealth. Because I told you the Hebrew number for 10 means accumulation. And it is a brother or cousin to the word that means wealth. Accumulation is wealth. 10 is testing. Testing leads to wealth. You can't get to wealth without the testing. And the testing right now. You may as well just throw your hands up and say, okay, God, I give up. It's all yours. Here, you can have it, God. I want it to go across the world. I want it to go plant another church. I want it to go do this. I want, I want all of this, God, because I am going to prove to you that your kingdom is first. God is saying to some of y'all, look bored to death, but I don't care. God is saying to some of y'all, I heard your faith promise. Now I want you to prove it. Some of you are sitting waiting on him to prove it to you. And God's saying, you're the one that made the promise. I am proving you. I want you to praise him right now. I want you to praise him right now. Stand to your feet and praise him right now. Mm. Come on. Come on. I don't want any music. Not right now. measuring some of you want the anointing of Paul but you're not willing to go through what Paul went through to have it some of you want the anointing of the apostle Peter but you're not willing to go through what he went through to have it some of you want the anointing of the old timers come on Elisha out there that say I want Elijah's mantle you better understand what Elijah had to go through to wear that mantle if you're going to have Elijah's mantle. Come on, I'm preaching to a generation. Don't you dare be the generation that rises up that knows not God. The Lord has left some things in this city and in your life to teach you war. I, I, I don't care about the carnal tonight, but if you're hungry... If you're hungry, these altars are open. I'm tired of begging people to come to the altar. If you want something from God, you at least need to tell him, hey, God. Hey, God, thank you for testing me. 
Thank you for turning up the fire. Thank you for turning up the heat. In the name of Jesus, oh God, come on. Oh, that's it, come on. The Lord is not going to beg this church to have revival. Oh, but there's some people in this place tonight that'll say, I'm not going to just survive the test. I'm going to pray harder in the test. I'm going to have more faith in the test. I'm going to be stronger after I'm tested. That's it, come on. That's it, come on. Please don't come up here and fake it. Leave the cameras running if you would. Please don't come up here and fake it. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. You can leave the camera on a little wider shot if you want to. I want everybody to be able to participate in this. I want the ushers to be able to participate in this. In the name of Jesus, you're relieved from your duty. We'll keep an eye on it. In Jesus' name. Come on, is there anybody here tonight? You're being tested. God's proven you. Don't be part of the 9,700 of Gideon's army that walked away because they were not qualified for battle. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I want you to speak into your future. I want you to speak to the purpose that you believe God has put upon you. Tell him, Lord, I know I've been, I'm being tested for a purpose. I'm not going to fail with your strength, Lord God, with your help. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm praying for somebody watching online right now that's going through a test. The trial of your faith is more precious than gold. Don't start compromising. In the name of Jesus, come on. This isn't protocol. This isn't, this isn't part of our religious tradition we're going through. This is an opportunity to receive from him, to commit to him, to reaffirm a vow, to pray in the spirit.
Yeah, you're going to walk out of here tonight with a new perspective on what's happening in your life. I don't care if it's in your marriage. I don't care if it's with your children. It doesn't matter to me if it's with your stepchildren. I don't care if it's with your extended family, with your career, your business, your job, your education. I don't care what it is. God will use anything to test you. He will use anything to prepare you. Come on, young people. I'm sorry, some of you young people are bored with this. In the name of Jesus, I want you to pray in the spirit until you feel something renew you. Until you feel that strength of God come on you. So that when you leave tonight, come on, in the name of Jesus, that's it, come on, that's it. I don't care if you're an elder or if you're part of this new generation that's coming on. The Lord is trying to do something in this church. He's trying to turn some, some of you over in your spirit. There's a reason why you feel unsettled in your spirit. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh my God. My God. Hallelujah. I'm praying for somebody online right now. I don't know what you're going through, but the Lord is with you. It doesn't matter if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He's with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is working on you. In the name of Jesus, of course you have a bad attitude every once in a while. Of course you want to give up from time to time. Of course you want to throw up the right flag every once in a while and surrender and say, I quit. But stay in the fight. The Lord's teaching you war. He's teaching you how to battle. Somebody can get the Holy Ghost here tonight. If you'll surrender everything to God. If you'll surrender everything to God. 
something's going to well up on the inside of you. And you're going to begin to speak in a heavenly language that only he can give as a witness that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Now I want you to keep praying. Don't stop praying. While you're praying, I want you to listen to me best you can. Don't, don't stop praying. Don't tone it down. The enemy's trying to put a lid on our prayer for the last month. Pre-service prayer and in the altar. He's trying to limit what God is doing through this church. He's trying to tell us you've gone as far as you can go. Amen. I want you to push against that here right now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult at first because it'll be in your flesh. It'll feel like it's too heavy for you to lift. But there's coming an, an anointing. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's going to come up out of your spirit and authority is going to come on you. And when it does, I want you to let the Lion of Judah roar out of your spirit. That's it. Come on. I want you to push. This is flesh. And the enemy's trying to use. Come on. It's not just noise. We will not be limited. We, we serve and we praise an unlimited God. That's it. Come on. Let the line of Judah roar right now. You're going to feel it break here in a minute. You're going to feel it break here in a minute when it hits you. I want you to obey God. Come on, I'm sick of church. I want to move of God. That's it. That's it. I know it feels heavy to lift. But you're going to feel it's going to be like breaking the sound barrier here in just a minute. Come on, prayer warrior. You're battle tested. You're part of Gideon's 300. That's it. Ah, that's it. Come on, we will not be denied. We will not be dismayed. Yes. That's it. That's it. Come on. The angels of God are fighting with us right now. We're not going to die in our trials. That's it. Come on. I need some mighty men of war. Oh, 
Garcia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My God, he's refining the silver. He's refining the gold. There's a devil in this area that's about to fall. There's a devil that's been attacking your family that's about to be bound. We bind it in the name of Jesus. We take authority over every bit of opposition. In the name of Jesus, we may be weary, but in our weakness, he is made strong. That's it. Yeah, I feel the intoxication of the Holy Ghost right now. I feel a drunken spirit of the Holy Ghost right now. That weakness you feel in your knees is the prophetic spirit of God coming on you. I dare you to prophesy in the name of the Lord. disunity I bind anything that will attack the people of God I bind the spirit of witchcraft oh that's it that's it now it's not about effort it's about the anointing let that anointing pray out of you I don't want you to get distracted let the anointing pray out of you Come on, you can get the Holy Ghost right now. You can get the Holy Ghost right now. That's it, come on, that's it, come on. I pray a revelation hit this place. Oh, somebody's going to look into the future right now, and you're going to know that every mile is with is worth it. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus! Oh, God, pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost in this place. My God, my God, my God, come on, I want you to obey the Holy Ghost. I don't care how crazy it seems, whatever the Lord tells you to do, I want you to do it.
Come on, some of you have drifted away from your spirituality. It's time to get back. Who cares what people think about you? Who cares who's watching? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Some of you have been drifting. Some of you have been coasting. It's time for you to reconnect to him. This is not this is not where you stop and start looking around. This is where you drink. This is where you let his spirit flow and clean things out of your mind and your spirit. This is rest and renewal and refreshing in the name of Jesus, oh God. Come on, renew yourself. Renew yourself in the Lord. Renew yourself in the Lord. We've been all made to drink of that same spiritual drink. I didn't mean to stop praying. I'm just saying, don't stop and look around just because you had a little, a little burst of prayer. Drink it. Drink it. Hallelujah. My goodness. My Lord have mercy. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
शानदार I want you to lift your hands one more time. Just lift your hands and just tell the Lord God. I'm